Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast, episode 98 with Natalie Sisson. Natalie is a suitcase entrepreneur turned personal brand who leads women to earning more money, having more time, and investing in causes they care about. Natalie and I have so much in common from our love for goal setting to our affinity for reverse engineering our lives one year at a time. If you want insight into how you can regularly question your purpose so you can access your full potential, tune into this conversation with Natalie. All right, you ready? Let's do it. I'm Jessica Zimmerman, and this is Zimmerman Podcast. I'm a serial entrepreneur, mom to three, and professional oversharer who has spent a decade building my business and helping others do the same. From wedding floral design to business education, features in Martha Stewart Weddings and Forbes magazine, and even writing and publishing my best-selling memoir, Sleeping with a Stranger, my business has kept growing, evolving, and changing year after year, just like me. Because the best thing about building a strong business is the freedom it gives me to live a full life. And that's what Zimmerman Podcast is all about, sharing real, transparent, in-the-moment reflections about how to live a life, build a business, and lead a family through the good, the hard, and the messy. That's what we're doing each week, right here on Zimmerman Podcast. Welcome to the show. Hi, Natalie. Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast. It's so exciting to be here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to share our conversation today where we're going to talk about what it really means to be the pilot of your life and chart your own course in life and in business. Before we jump in, though, can you tell Zimmerman Podcast listeners who you are, what you do, and what led you to the kind of work you're doing today? Yeah, I'd love to. So um, I'm Natalie Sisson. I'm originally from New Zealand, currently back in New Zealand. And what I really feel is my superpower is helping people tap into their potential and get paid to be them. So monetize their skills, their expertise and their knowledge in a way that really aligns with how they want to show up in the world and the kind of business that they want to um, run essentially um, and the background on that is I started out after quitting my corporate job back in 2008 I don't know it just seems like that's so long ago now because it is but it always stuns me how long I've been an entrepreneur and I started with uh, essentially just flying to Canada quitting that job and figuring out that I would do something um, on my own terms and I met my business partner and we started a tech company in Vancouver right at the time of the recession which was fantastic and from there I realized just how much I loved social media and blogging and using these incredible tools to tell stories and enroll people and teach people um, and from my little humble blog The Suitcase Entrepreneur I basically built a really awesome multiple six-figure business traveling the world and teaching others how to run an online business that allowed them the freedom that they wanted to be able to live the life that they loved. That's a short story. <laughs> I like it. I like it. We're not the only one who started a business during the time of the reset, that last no, recession. I'm sure I'm not. Did you, I is that when you, I was, yes. I was right there with you. So I, I remember it very well, but we both made it out. So, oh, hey. We did. Yeah. yeah. I know, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the moment you realized that your life purpose and your business purpose needed to be more aligned. What did that look like? Was it a huge identity crisis? Like what what happened? I feel like I've had a, a couple of those moments in my life. So one would have been early on in my suitcase entrepreneur business when 
here I was preaching about freedom being my highest value and it still is to this day, but I was running myself ragged doing all the things in my business. So I was about a year and a half in, I hadn't actually outsourced or hired anybody. I was loving what I was doing, but I was, I was just full on all the time. And there was in some ways that was feeding me um, in terms of my sense of purpose and feeling like it was important, the work that I was doing, and I was making a ton of impact and getting beautiful feedback from my clients and customers and blog readers. And But I was like, but Nat, you can't even stop. Like I was just on this hamster wheel of doing um, and I was getting an incredible amount done, but I was like, this isn't actually your vision for how you want to be running a business. You know, I wanted more freedom. I wanted more time freedom. I wanted to be able to work when I wanted where I wanted, all these things I talked about. So I think that was probably the first aha moment that I wasn't living in alignment with what I was preaching. Um, And the second would have been when I um, did the same. Actually, I came back to New Zealand and I had a massive identity shift. I, I left the suitcase entrepreneur behind, which had been my identity for eight plus years, um, to essentially step into being me and my own brand. And that was another one where I actually had to renew and find a different purpose um, to what I was doing and how I wanted to show up. So I feel like we can dig into those, but I, I do feel that throughout your life, you're going to have several moments where you're going to need to question your purpose and reimagine it. Yeah. I also think that everything really is part of a whole. I mean, I used to really, I had And I still have boundaries with, you know, like now I'm going to have my personal time and now I'm going to have my work time. And I do believe that because I don't love going back and forth. I don't love work. I don't love um, I don't love answering a work email while I'm cooking dinner for my kids. So I definitely enjoy those boundaries of, okay, right now I'm in full work mode and right now I'm in, you know, full mom mode or whatever. But I do believe that everything is part of a whole. And I think that. I don't believe that you can be one person in business and another person personally. Like I think both personal and business need to be nurturing. They need to be making us better. And that's a hard lesson that I had to learn. I think, you know, so many people, they can relate to the feeling of working so hard to achieve, of getting on a track and killing themselves to, you know, quote, succeed, only to realize that there's not really, you know, it's not really what they want to spend their time doing. I mean, that's really what happened to my husband, Brian, for, you know, which for him led to a huge physical and mental journey to health. But how has goal setting and planning changed for you since this revelation? I mean, I know what I think about. I have a whole course about it. So I'd love to see (laughs) where we have some connection points there. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, And I think it's a really great question. Also something that each person, in my own opinion, has to come to individually, because I love intention setting along with goal setting. I feel like it makes it more powerful. Um, You know, goals are fantastic, especially smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. But sometimes they can feel really, I don't know what you think about this, Jessica, but sometimes they feel very almost robotic or like, I will get there soon versus um, having something that's really aligned with your why and also an in- a daily intention to work towards that goal, a daily intention of how you're going to turn up, how you're going to feel. Um, it's almost like visualizing every single day as you go as to the outcome of that goal and how that's going to affect you and, and make you feel when you actually accomplish it. it makes it way more powerful for me. So 
Um, I'd love to share where I got to because I was talking about when I came back to New Zealand and my whole identity kind of got ripped out from underneath me and I made this huge 180-degree shift in my life. Like literally I'd been traveling the world for six and a half years full-time living out of a suitcase and that was my all and my business. And then I came back to New Zealand and we got a big, beautiful lifestyle property. We got a dog and I, I took a business sabbatical and I was like, what the heck? I felt so like the rug had been ripped out underneath me and I was like, oh, I need to find a new sense of purpose as I talked about but also set some different goals and I found it really hard because my reason for being and my why wasn't there anymore so that's actually when my partner and I were over in a holiday in Australia in Melbourne and we just started walking and talking and talking about what's important to us what did we want to sort of achieve or accomplish over the next few years what were our big plans when it came to how we wanted to live our life how we wanted to incorporate our businesses into everything we did um, how healthy we wanted to be how we wanted our relationship to be all the things and that helped me so much in that moment and then we pulled out a geeky spreadsheet because we're both a little bit into that and color-coded it and to those eight key areas of life that you know, you see the circle of life wheel, it's it's quite common to people. But I think when you make it your own and create your own methodology around how that looks and um, makes it more powerful. So that was a huge weekend for us because I came out of that with so much more clarity. I didn't have all the answers, but I knew now what was important to me now in this new kind of life. And I knew what I wanted to look at and focus on and intentionally design in my life and my business. Um, and we called that life pilot. So I'd love to know what yours is. But to me, it was like that guiding navigation for always understanding what it's important to you one to three years from now, and then working backwards from that date to what do you need to do next quarter, next month, this week, and even today. And that was um, a bit of a game changer for us, actually. Oh yeah, I'm I'm such a big believer in working backwards. I I I recently uh, put out a book. Um, it's called Sleeping with a Stranger. And I remember the day that I found out I was going to write this. I immediately wrote down everything that needed to be done, and it was pages and pages of things. And I think if you look at that as a whole, if you look at all the, those pages of to dos, it's very easy to go, oh, this is too much and this is overwhelming and I'm not going to do it. But if you really just start to take one thing at a time and do three things on that list a week or even one thing on that list a week, I mean, eight months later and the book is out, you know, and I'm in promotion phase. And so it really is possible, but you definitely have to have a plan. I think it's the same as building a house. Like you don't just go and buy a plot of land and go, okay, what, do I, what am I going to do? <laughs> um, I'm going to need to buy some windows. It's like, you need to buy windows. You haven't even laid the foundation, you know? And so we need a plan. And so I think it's nice to know okay, what's next? And then what's like really next? Because if, if I look and go, okay, what's next, meaning coming up next week, and then what's really coming up a month from now when it's, you know, maybe it's summer break and you, you're wanting to plan a vacation or something like you've got to kind of know, you've got to kind of have a plan. And I think that that's super important. I think, you know, the the same goes with, with really anything. I mean, building a website, whatever you need to have, a you don't just go into Squarespace from scratch and be like, okay, here I go. Like you need to have written down a plan of what you want this thing to look like. But I also, and this has just changed honestly in the past year really, um, because I've become kind of more aligned with, you know, mental, mental, spiritual and body kind of all working together. And so I'm able to be a bit more 
a passive. Listen, I'm the kind of person, I don't know about you, Natalie, but I'm super determined. And if I put my mind to something, like I can do it. And that can also be a detriment. I can I can do too much. I can work too hard. And really this year I've tried to be a bit more passive about things, meaning not that I don't work, but I go, okay, what what do I need to do, you know, for the next step in business? But also what what does my body need today? What do I spiritually need today? What do I mentally need today? And, you know, and that, and sometimes my workday adjusts according to that, which has been really great, actually. Yeah, it's huge. And I really love that you're doing that because some days you've just got to get up and read your energy and go, you know what, I'm going to change my entire plan today to fit in with how I'm feeling and and where my energy lies. And I think the one thing that I love about um, what we've done with LifePilot, because we did put it out there publicly, and it's been a, a massive success for people who just took it and made it their own is that there's a weekly reflection exercise built into it where you turn up every week with your partner or yourself or a friend and you reflect on what went well this week what didn't what surprised me um, and it's a beautiful way to like give gratitude to the week that was but also start to see and spot these trends and patterns of what you're missing and early on for us we realized that when we were chatting it on our color-coded spreadsheet that business was just dominating everything and we didn't mm-hmm. make that time out for lifestyle or we didn't have a relationship in there we didn't have a health section or we didn't have a wealth thing and I said we need more color in the spreadsheet we need to have more balance I didn't know I'd I feel like you can find the right balance even when you've got important projects on to not just disregard other aspects of your life. But I don't mm-hmm. feel that you should be trying to balance everything all the time. I, I think that's a little unrealistic. Um, but that weekly reflection and then we do this beautiful thing called a seasonal dreaming where we go away each quarter and we take a good weekend or more and just continue to look at it. And I think what you just said before, it just makes it so much easier because if I set a big goal for three years from now, you know, and then I'm like, oh, well, what do I do today <laughs> to make that happen? Right. And, and by working backwards, as you said, it just it gives me the clarity. Okay, this might be in three years, but in order to do that in the next year, I need to do this. In the next quarter, I need to do this. And then next week, I need to do that. So today, this is a priority. And so it, when I get up in the morning, I'm like, cool, this may not feel like the potentially the right priority or the most urgent, but it's definitely the right priority for reaching that goal in three years from now. And it just puts it into perspective and it allows you to say no to all the other things that pop into your mind, all the great ideas that distract you and derail you so you can focus on what is really important. I don't know about you, but for me, I actually really don't like the whole thing that's going on uh, where people are like, Oh, you don't need to hustle. Oh, you don't need to, I guess that hustle, don't hustle. Just if you need a day, take a day. What? I feel like we know that. Like, I feel like we know our bodies or we need to know our bodies to where we can give ourselves permission to take a day if we want to. However, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't work. Like, I think that it doesn't have to be 20 hours a day of working, but you do have to be committed enough and you have to be disciplined enough to go, no, these are the things I have to do this week. And I think a lot of people can just look at that list and then go, but you know, that's hustling. It's like, no, it isn't. That's working. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you on it to a point. I always talk to people about strategic hustle. So know what you need to get done that is a real priority. Don't just work really hard for the sake of it. Um, But I also am am very much against 60-hour work weeks 
because to me that feels that the person hasn't figured out what their priorities are they haven't outsourced enough and they're not working on the right things nobody should be spending 60 hours of their week if they're really smart and strategic about what's important um so i i totally agree i think you've got it i like what you said before about being driven and on purpose and fueled and on fire with what you're doing because you're so lit up by it then it doesn't feel like hustle um and then combine that in with what you mentioned around that spiritual awareness and your energy awareness for example for the last three weeks i've been trying out a new routine of working eight till two i get up and i do my power hour of yoga and um, journaling and meditation and then i do five hours actually because there's breaks in between and then i stop and it's really interesting for me because normally i could work on um, as i'm sure you could too but then i take two hours out to recharge to do more exercise to read to relax to get out nature to play with my dogs um to do whatever sort of lights me up and then i come back to do two hours of writing because i'm also writing um, my third book right now um, and then it's kind of cut off time it, it could be learning but it goes into the evening and chilling out and dinner and reflections with my partner and I'm really enjoying it because I'm cramming into that sort of five to six hour period the most important stuff and anything that doesn't fit in there just really wasn't a priority it was something that I would have just extended for the sake of it it's been fascinating to see yeah I, I think too once you get efficient once you kind of get the foundation of your business together you know your your client onboarding process and everything that you need on your website all those things that can kind of work for you while you're not working i think you you do become kind of a master of efficiency and you don't have to work that much i only work a couple hours a day i mean i you know it's it's and we get a lot done and like you said it has a lot to do with outsourcing it has a lot to do with knowing what your you know, your true life goal is. So how do you distinguish between a true life goal and something that you think you're supposed to want? Like, what does it look like to give up the thing you thought you always wanted so you can get your real dream life? I love it. I love, love the question. I think it always comes back to your why and having clarity on that. And this hasn't always been super, super clear for me. I think you go through phases where you're really cool by that. Um, but recently this year, it, I got very clear on my why again. And I'll give you a really perfect example. It was probably about two months ago, right near the start of this whole pandemic, when all I saw was everybody hustling online to get offers out and sell, sell, sell and panicking. And oh my God, I got to, I got to turn up and I got to help. And I've got to release this thing and launch this thing. And I was like, Ooh, I felt really in a reactive mode for a while. And I was like, Oh, I should be doing that too. I have great courses that I'm sitting on. I've got loads of ways I can help people. Oh my gosh. And then I was like, no, your why is to help 1,000 women earn 10K plus a month and contribute at least 1% of that to a cause that's dead to their heart. Those women aren't right now needing to learn how to start a business online or how to create an offer. They're needing guidance, structure, accountability, coaching, and super smart like um, learnings and strategies to grow their business even further. And they're willing to invest in that. And so I stopped in my tracks and being all reactive and I got proactive and came back to my very clear why and what my plan was for the year and it was amazing Jessica because I just in that moment was like huh I can say no to all these other things I don't have to be reactive I don't have to try and do stuff in the moment and instead I will continue on launching my 10k club and it was a massive success because that is where I wanted to put my energy so I do think it comes back to being really clear on why you do what you do not just 
what you do and how you do it. And that not just in business, but across the areas of your life, that's, that'll make you prioritize yoga every morning. If your intention is yoga makes me feel like a million dollars, it is my precious time. It is my treat to myself every single day. Um, and it is for me for sure. So I know that that's just a priority no matter what. If you want to build a great business or live a good life, you've got to plan for it. Every year, I take a whole month to reevaluate the past 12 months and figure out what worked, what didn't, and how I can create a life I love for the following year. I teach you my exact planning process in my program, Know Your Numbers, annual planning for your best year. If you want a free training to get some tips on planning your best year yet, go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash numbers. That's ZimmermanPodcast.com slash numbers. That's another reason why I'm so big on people not following other people in their industry because it is so easy to be like, oh, look, I need to do that. I need to do that. And so if you are just following people who, I'm not saying you, I'm saying people who, if you find yourself out, if you're one of those listening and you find yourself easily reactive when you see things on social media um, with other people in your industry, I would encourage you to stop following them because I think you've got to just it's a lot easier to do what you know you're supposed to do when you don't have that distraction. hundred percent. And I love that. You, you talked about that on our podcast is just stop following people, stop playing the comparison game. Literally, you know, I feel like social media for all its benefits in building a business and a brand and visibility and sharing and teaching, it is also junk food for the brain. My partner called it that the other day and I was like, oh, that's good. It is. Because if you are not looking at the right sources, if you are not being very, very intentional about who you want to learn from versus what you're just scrolling mindlessly, you are giving away that beautiful time, precious time for your own creative juices to flow and for you to be working on your own stuff. And I think it was in, in our podcast interview together that I was like, yep. And I deleted Gmail off my phone and I have handed over to my online business manager, all the social media scheduling. And I spend so little time. The only thing I do is interact with my beautiful 10K club members and people in my courses. And I love that because that is the interaction I want. That's where we get yes. to the juicy stuff. Oh, that's so good. I love that. I love, love, love that. Okay, so I think people have a hard time figuring out what's really important to them because they might feel guilty actually verbalizing what they really want. So how do you identify what's really important to you and force yourself to be really honest as you think about those things? For me, it's been a process and something that we teach in Life Pilot, I think, of really recognizing that life is precious and short. And I know people say that all the time, but if I think about even how quickly this year has gone and how many things I've already done or achieved that are super important to me, um, that's because I've realized over time, life just does fly by. And I, I get so frustrated, Jessica, and sad when I hear people going, I'll do that one day, or I've always wanted to do that but you know, I'll get around to it. If something is super important for you, you drop everything and you make it happen. And I feel like the pandemic in many ways has helped people actually see what is important to them, the quality time with their family, the education that they maybe um, were seeking and haven't done, the creative 
um, outlets that they sort of put aside in order to work or get busy in life, the just being and resting and nurturing yourself. So again, for me, you get really, really clear on what you want to say no to when you're focused on the things that you want to welcome into your life. I'm a big fan of less is more. And if it's overwhelming people to think about that, I always come back to what lights you up and what lit you up when you're a kid that you are no longer doing, that you are no longer interested in, but could come back to what are you curious about and how can you regain that curiosity and bring it into every aspect of your life and I feel when you get that clarity on what you are naturally good at what you enjoy doing what brings you value in your life whether that's income or just general energy and joy it's very easy to start saying no to the things that don't and it comes back to that knowing inside What do you want to be working on each day that, as I said, makes your life that much more purposeful? And what do you need to say no to in order to have that time back in your house so that you can work on the things that really matter? I do feel that people need to take more time to reflect in order to do that, not just over the weekend, but every single day having that precious little bit of time to say, am I on track? Am I loving what I'm doing? Am I a hell yes on this today? Is this the absolute thing that will light me up during this day and make the most impact or bring the most value into my life and others? They're like the questions that seem so easy, but when you actually ask them of yourself and practice radical honesty, I think a lot of people do things every single day that they have no real desire to do that's imposed on them that they said yes to in a moment of like not reflecting on their priorities and that is expected of them or they think is what they need to be doing. Oh, yes. Okay. I have two thoughts on this or two, you know, things I want to add to it. Um, Number one, I like to sometimes ask myself, um, which this might be morbid, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I ask myself sometimes, okay, if you were to get some kind of diagnosis today and you had a month to live, what would you do? Uh, those are some of the things you need to be doing, you know, right now, not someday, but right now. And getting, I think that something as drastic as that can help kind of shift your mind because the truth is, is that can happen anytime. And you don't want to wait until something like that happens. And then you only have a month to live. Like let's, let's start living that life you actually want to live now. And sometimes just as dramatic of a question as that is, it can, it can help, you know, maybe. Maybe, maybe you would say to yourself, I don't want to live in this town anymore, or I would travel to this place, or I would make amends with this person or whatever it is. And it just needs to start happening. We cannot wait for someday. So I love what you said there. And then another exercise I like to do is I, um, I say, who are three people that I envy? And not envy in like a bad way. This isn't a jealousy thing. This is, man, I I love how I'm so happy for them. I'm so proud of them. And I love their life. And I, I love that they love their life. And uh, one day I wrote down three people's names. And I wrote down the things that I envied about them. And um, what I found really interesting is it ended up being three couples. And everything that I wrote down 
was the same for each couple. And what I kind of started to realize was that, and one of the reasons that it was couples is this was during a time that my marriage was not doing well. And I really envied that these marriages were so tight and so united. Like they they really had done the work and they were in a good place. Um, but it was things like, you know, being debt-free, uh, being able to travel whenever they wanted. They both spouses or partners had jobs that were, you know, uh, remote. Uh, they, they all had like a second like vacation home that they went to often. And I, I don't know, I think some of that is honestly a compass for us to go, okay, that's, that's what I'm supposed to have. And I think it's really interesting. I learned this in, in therapy because I one time was just like, why do I want these certain things? Like, why can I not just be content with what I have right now? Why can't I'm grateful for what I have now, but why can't it be enough? And I was told, uh, you know, why are you questioning the desires of your heart? Don't you believe they were planted there for a reason? Mm. And I think that also kind of goes with the compass thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's helpful for anyone, but it helped me. (laughs) I'd love to add to that because I was just having a chat with an awesome um, coach the other day. And I said, you know what? I feel like I've got everything that I want in my life, to be really honest. Um, I've I've written the best-selling books. I've got the beautiful lifestyle property. I'm in a super loving relationship. I've done super well in business. I have the gorgeous dogs. Like there wasn't, it sounds terrible, but I was like super grateful and I've worked for that and I've been intentional about that. And I was like, do I want more? And I really love that question that the therapist asked about what, you know, who are you to deny the desires in your heart? Because what I do want on top of that is not actually more any material um wealth or any I just don't want stuff but I would it's all about for me making an impact and seeing those results in other women and having them acquire the financial freedom and travel freedom and lifestyle freedom that they really want and I feel like I will work for that for free for the rest of my life because it's such a joy when you help people do that and and see their potential in them um but outside of that my life is pretty much how I want it for sure a debt-free house would be amazing um but for me, it's always about the impact and being on purpose and having something greater than yourself to work towards. So for anybody who is sitting out there going, I've got life pretty great because I do like every morning I do my gratitudes. And if I just stay fully in the present, there's nothing more I'd want. But when I look deeper into my heart's desires, I'm like, no, I've got a limited time here on earth. So how can I make the biggest possible bang and most impact with the skills and gifts that I've been given in a way that just lights me up and lights other people up? And it was interesting. Yeah, your biggest motivator is impact and mine is time. Which is why things like being able to have remote jobs where you can travel and having, you know, all your debt paid off are great because then it's like, well, then you don't have to work as hard. <laughs> then you have more time to do what you want and be with your family and um, and all of that. And so it's interesting where those motivations, you know, come from. And as you know, because we talked about it on your podcast, you know, mine comes from obviously losing my sister and knowing that time is our, you know, it's a limited resource. We can't get it back. And so, yeah. Okay. Let me get back on track with your interview. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that was a great um, topic to talk about. 
Good, good. Okay, so you talk about eight key areas that you need to work into your goal and intention setting. Mm -hmm. What are these key areas and why are they so important to consider? So um, great question. They kind of come from when my partner and I were creating our methodology for life pilot we looked at a lot of existing methodologies and frameworks and that that wheel of life that circle of life um, has anywhere from eight to sort of ten key areas in life that most people find important and I feel it's actually really important for people to figure out what these are for themselves but I'll share our ones because most of the time they really resonate with people um, so the, the key one for me in particular is health if you don't have your health you just don't have anything to give to anybody else or to be able to live the life that you really want. We also have wealth, which is, you know, it can be defined as abundance and energy. But what are your financial goals? Um, business or career, depending on what it is. So we, you could call that professional because that's a huge part of your identity and a, a great motivating force. We also have lifestyle, which for me is around the type of lifestyle we want. Do we want to travel um, a couple of times a year? Do we want to live in different parts of the world? For us, it was around getting our lifestyle property. That's what it's called here in New Zealand, which essentially is a semi-rural place with lots of land and nature, um, but also just about your, your time freedom which you were talking about before. Uh, there is also learning because I think it's incredibly, incredibly important to always be learning and always questioning and being curious. Um, so for me, it's about what do you want to learn? How do you want to grow? Uh, we also have habits because I think habits are actually the key if you're consistent about them, to growth. And for me, that might be like, what habit do I want to instill over the next two to three weeks? And I'll use that category every single day and week until that has actually become a habit, um, which is really important. I also have impact in there. Um, and impact is different. Like for me, that might be about how many books I want to get out into the world, how many people's lives I want to touch and the specific results that I get from that. And we get people to define what impact means to them. Uh, and then the other one is relationships. So for me, I use that for my partner, Josh and I, like, what do I want out of our relationship? How do we consistently grow and nurture it and deepen it? But that can also be relationships with your family, your friends, your peers. So those are the ones. So it's um, habits, your personal growth slash learning, lifestyle, health, impact, professional wealth and relationships. And I, we've had people do life pilot and condense that, um, but we typically suggest no more than eight areas because when you go to start setting goals and intentions for each of those areas, it becomes quite full on to have so many across them. And some people have reduced it down to just, you know, three or four. And I feel like hopefully that'll resonate with a lot of people who are listening, but I highly encourage you to go which of these things are, are really important in my life and what we've known from research and experiencing this ourselves is that pretty much captures the key areas of everybody's life within reason. Some people would add spiritual in there, uh, which is totally, you know, if that if that doesn't come under one of those things for you around personal growth or um, lifestyle, then that's another category that is totally possible to add in.
Okay, so summer 2019, imagine me waking up at 5 a.m., taking my kids to the gym while I work out with my trainer, going to the pool, playing blocks on the living room floor, and then wham, totally out of energy by 4 p.m., crawling into bed in my Christmas pajamas. I was already doing all the energy-boosting things I could think of. Then my nutritionist told me about Bee Powered from Beekeepers Naturals. I just take a spoonful of the Bee Powered Superfood Honey every morning, and I'm not kidding. I see a huge difference. I know not everyone can have a nutritionist, but anyone can get this superfood honey, and I'm making it even more accessible for you. If you use the link in my show notes or simply go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash B, you'll get 15% off your order from Beekeepers Naturals. So if you're a tired entrepreneur or foggy-brained parent, you need this stuff. Again, go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash B-E-E. Talk to me about the power of three method. What is it and why is it so important? I love the power of three. So it is about setting no more than three intentions or goals every single day, every week, every month, etc. And it's a really tough challenge for so many people to do because if you think about your to-do list, and this is by no means a to-do list, how often does your to-do list like as long as your arm? And when you go to actually do that, how often do you get through even just a tiny bit of it. So for me, three things is completely doable and achievable for every single human being. It's three things only. And once you've tackled those things and you've done them and you've ticked them off across those eight areas of life, then you get to go on and do the other things on your to-do list. But what it does is it absolutely 100% prioritizes. If these were the only three things I could do today, how far would they move the needle in these areas of my life? Um, it's a really tough challenge, as I said, to do and condense down because so many of us think we're capable of doing so much more. And deep down we are, but not unless we really know what our priorities are. So we use it in Life Pilot every single day. I'll set my three things for the day. And until I've done those, I don't get to work on anything else. Um, and or if they're a lifestyle goal, like one might be to have a really beautiful romantic dinner um, with my partner or a really great dinner with friends, obviously that comes later in the day. But the other two things I would have ticked off already um, in the first hours of the morning. And it has absolutely helped both of us and all the life pilot members to just focus on what matters rather than all the urgent priorities and the things that I think we sometimes think we have to do. And one thing that I realized early on, Jessica, is as we were tracking back through all our data and our colors, is I was like, wow, I keep missing this one week after week. And I keep saying it's important. Or every single day I've put this on my list for this week in Life Pilot and I keep missing it. And to me, I was just like, well, it's just clearly not important because if I don't make the time for it and it's been on there for four days in a row, then it is not um, a priority and it's not actually important in the scheme of my bigger dreams. So then I get to actually look at that and go, cool, I'll take it off. Like it, it just gets to disappear. It doesn't get to stay on there anymore. And I wish that more people would do this because I feel like people every day make a often a long mental note or a physical note and it's you're setting yourself up for failure every single day, just trying to get all those things done. Oh my gosh, yes. And it also gives you permission if you need it to say no to things because you're like, no, 
that's actually not one of my three things for the day. So no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Um, I I like to call it uh, my big three. Um, it's like these are the three things that I have to do, but like before noon or something. You know what I mean? Like this is what I've got to get done for me before I even start my day. There are three things I do. Like I have to have my my moment mentally, spiritually, and physically. Um, where I work out, I meditate, I do a devotional. Like those are going to happen before I do anything with my day. Um, and then it's like I go into work. What are the three most important things I need to do before I stop working today? And yeah, I, I think that that's so good. And if you have a couple more things on the list, that's fine, whatever. But you, you make sure you know what is the most important because you're exactly right. They don't ever all get done. It's not it's not realistic to have 12 things on a to-do list. And you know, we all know, if we do have a list of 12, 15 things and we actually do knock them all out in one day, we are so exhausted and depleted. We have nothing to give our loved ones. We are in a bad mood. We want to say to people, do you know how much I did today? You know what I mean? No one wants to be around that. And so, <laughs> yeah, like, who cares? So you did a lot. Anybody can do that. Anybody can go run themselves ragged doing 15 things on a to-do list. No one cares. So I love your power of three method. I think it's so good. And thank you. And it translates out each week and each month again and again and again. So you can start to see that thing. So if I've set for the week that I want to do three important things across my life, then when I'm setting my dailies, it's very clear. It's it's a drop down right above it in our spreadsheet. So I can go, oh, that's what I said I wanted to do for this week goals wise. So what do I need to do today to make that happen? And it just, it's like prioritizes things really quickly even though I might have all these other things I'm like nope it needs to be this because otherwise the week will fly by and I wouldn't be any closer to that and then I've not committed to my word and my word was these are the three things totally Mm. Okay, so I'm someone who loves rhythms. I even have a different Spotify playlist for like different times of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little crazy. Um, but how important are routines for reaching these big life goals? So important. And I know for people who are listening, like, oh, really? Um, I love the word routines, but what I've come to love more is rituals because to me it feels like I'm claiming that as my own ritual. Um, but why I think rituals slash routines are important is for somebody who's such a big freedom seeker, it's my highest value and I think it probably is for many people, um, constraints give you more freedom. So for me, I don't see a ritual as a constraint, but it is a way that I intentionally turn up to use that time in the time that I've given myself. And it sets a ground, it's like it puts a post in the ground for you to anchor your day to. So at any time, any routine that you have, for me, just gets me grounded, resets myself and allows me to focus again on what matters. I know we've said this like 15 times today, but it's so important. Um, In the morning for me, if I don't do my yoga, my journaling and meditation, or definitely if I don't do my yoga, things just feel really out of whack. And I love that actually on the days that I miss it or I don't make time for it, or like this morning, it was zero degrees when I woke up and I just wasn't (laughs) quite motivated to jump out of bed. Um, So I started a writing session with my group of writers and then I went and did my yoga while they were writing because it was my gift to myself. 
but it sets the rest of the day off in the most perfect way because I know the benefits of it. For others, that may be that you want to write first thing in the morning. For others, it may be that you um, want to get out on a run. Um, but if you don't gift yourself that ritual in the day that is solely focused on you and your mental health and wellness, your spiritual wellness, um, the rest of the day will often go to crap. It's I've tried it many times and it just never feels the same. So that is the importance of a ritual and a routine is that it's your time to allow you to be your best self for the rest of the day and everything else that is thrown at you. And I, and it's not like people call it self-care and they, a lot of people think it's selfish. It's actually really selfish if you don't do it, in my opinion. If you don't do this stuff, if you don't fill your cup up first, you have nothing to pour. And I don't want to really be around you if you're empty. You know what I mean? If you don't have anything, if, if you can't listen to me and um, or or you you don't have anything to offer a conversation or I don't know if you don't have any impact or any I don't know anything it's like I don't I don't need I don't need to be around you if you're empty and I certainly don't want to be around people empty and so I think that it's actually really selfish if you don't take part and figure out what your ritual is and do it every day yeah um another one that I just want to add on to I'm that a little, I'm a little ruder than you are I'm a little more rude like I I'm a little more direct so I'm just like maybe I'm just not being as hard today because I don't want to like scare off the listeners but I can be very direct and I call people on stuff all the time including myself um and I've been having to do that a lot lately because I've been like oh do I want it? And I'm like, no, Natalie, you said you would. This is what you said. This is your intention. Um, but one thing that I've added in after that beautiful morning ritual now is a 15-minute planning session. Um, and I found that's made a huge difference for me. So before I start any work, before I open up anything, and I certainly don't open social or emails until much later in the day, and I have a whiteboard in my study, um, and I just come in and I just like I will brainstorm stuff out and I will do my life pilot three things for the day or I'll check what I wrote the night before. It's just 15 minutes and it, it's even if I just clean my desk and just make sure things aren't cluttered and turn on my diffuser with essential oils and do my gratitudes. It's it's a planning session that just like anchors me for the day. Don't always do it. I'm going to put my hand up there. But every single time I do everything else in the day just goes in flow. Um, and it's amazing. So I really notice it when I haven't committed to it. We, every morning after breakfast, we eat breakfast together as a family. And every time afterwards we go around and we say what we're grateful for. And that is just, I've got two four-year-olds and a six-year-old and it is, I'm just trying to effortlessly get them into the routine of gratitude. Just one thing. It's one thing you're grateful for today. And we go around and we say it and then we go on about our day. But it's it's just a wonderful, you know, so I think because here's the thing. These things have to be if you have children, these are learned behaviors. You know what I mean? We have to teach them. We have to show them. I remember reading something one time where someone said, why do you um, help your daughter clean her room? And this lady said, well, she has to be taught how to clean her room. Like, I can't just say, go clean your room. I have to teach her what that means. And I think that, you know, we do, we have to do these things in front of our children and be an example. We can't just, you know, um, expect that they're going to get it one day. Okay. So if there's one essential step that those who are failing at their goals are missing, what do you think it would be? So I've probably alluded to it seven times now, but what I feel the thing is that in addition to not being 
clear enough on that goal. It's the why behind that goal. So it's the intention behind what that makes that important. For example, when I was training for a half Ironman last year, um, every single day I was out training, doing my cycling and swimming and running because it was linked to not just I want to do a half Ironman, but the feeling of wanting to do something that I had thought about for years and actually accomplishing it and the person that I needed to be in order to do that, that was the thing that drove me every single day. Otherwise, getting out of bed super early to go on these swims and runs and cycles and all the weekends and all the hours of training that you put in wouldn't have mattered if it wasn't linked to something that made it tangible and important to me. And just doing the Ironman and finishing it wasn't important enough. It had to be about how much will I grow as a person throughout this next 12 to 18 months of training and how important is that going to be for every other area of my life? And I had no idea, actually. It it impacted so many areas of my life. It was incredible. Um, so it was a huge step for me. But I had the intention and the why behind it, made that goal come to life and made it super achievable and doable um, versus just this is something, you know, like, oh, I need to write my book. No, what's the why behind your book? Is it that you, you know, want to actually physically pick it up and smell it when it's done? Is it that you want it to, for me, impact tens of thousands of people? Is it that you will become a better person through the process of writing because it'll be cathartic and it'll help you clarify and um, really understand the emphasis behind your frameworks and your work and your expertise, etc. Um, or will it just be a journey that allows you to express yourself and go deeper into all these thoughts that you've always had? So I feel like the reason that most people fail on having a goal is that the intention and, and why, whatever you want to call it, is not strongly linked to it enough that you would move heaven and earth to make it happen. Okay, so I have one final question. I ask everyone this question. It is, um, it's my favorite. Um, okay, so if you had Oprah's money, so billions of dollars, and you had to spend it on yourself, something totally selfish, what would you buy? I know you gave me that question in advance and I really, really thought about it. Um, I would actually buy a community center like I would buy a piece of land of course you would um, of course you would all that impact. that's why I love this question because it really shows everybody what your core motivation is yeah go ahead yeah so a piece of land on which I would build with a community a beautiful sustainable property where people could hold um, retreats and uh, events that really nurtured and helped people educate in the ways of sustainability um, personal growth impact and, and even around some of these beautiful rituals we've talked about that I've often thought about that building kind of a not just a retreat center but a real community place where people can live in tiny houses um, cook together eat together grow things on the land together but also educate each other you're a better person than I am but I like <laughs> it I like it a lot that is so good um thank you so much for being here this has been really really great it has it's been amazing and thank you for that question because I think I changed it from what I was thinking and now I'm really lit up that that is something that I actually actively want to do. So thank you. Yes, <laughs> you can totally do it. Okay, so tell all the listeners where we can find you. They can find me on my new piece of land. No, uh, they, can, <laughs> <laughs> they can find me at nataliesisson.com where I have a really awesome free guide called Get Paid to Be You, Nine, Nine Steps to Monetize Yourself and Do What You Love. But also um, I'd love for them to come across and search out Untapped, the Untapped podcast, and they'll be able to listen to Jessica on there. Um, 
because it's a weekly yeah, podcast like a fun conversation. Well, I don't know if it was fun, but it was oh, good. It was great. A conversation. It's such awesome feedback from my community and people who listened in. So thank you. Um, but yeah, oh, so it's for Natalie, this is untapped podcast. Come across and listen, um, listen to your favorite girl here, Jessica, and also other awesome interviews about tapping into potential. Ah, oh, so good. Thank you so, so much. This has been wonderful. It has. Thank you. Natalie, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your wisdom with us. If you want to hear more from Natalie, go check out her podcast, The Untapped Podcast. As always, if you love today's conversation, I would be so grateful if you could rate and review Zimmerman Podcast. I love reading your feedback and hearing how these episodes have helped you in your life and your business. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you back here next week on Zimmerman Podcast.